0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mash here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Crunch Time here on the game at Southwest Louisiana sports station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt and Miguez here on. Lafayette, and one zero four one in Lake Charles. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber, producer and co-host extraordinaire, Mr. James Mesh. James, good afternoon, sir. How are
2: you? I'm feeling mathematical.
1: You are feeling mathematical. We, we, we got stumped by a riddle for a moment. For a, moment. <laughs> for a uh, moment.
2: But we figured it out. We got it. Figured it out.
1: Um, James, I, I've, I've just received some news that you might enjoy.
2: Ooh? Boston Celtics center Robert Williams. Yep. He was designated to return pretty soon, so it's official. I love how you cut me off
1: and took my thunder. Thank you so much. Well, I'm guessing. I'm asking. Is planning to make his season debut against Orlando tomorrow night. Nice. Let's go, Big Rob,
2: Shreveport's Finest. Really? He's from Shreveport? Yeah, Yeah. he's got Shreveport across his neck. I did not know that. Wow, gotta love the port.
1: Oh, big port guy. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to spending my Friday next week in the port. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on today's show, we're going to tackle quite a few things. Um... For starters, the Falcons are bad.
2: I like that start. Yeah!
1: They're better than the Saints, but they're bad. So we're, we're going to dive into why they're bad. Um, we're going to talk about the NFL and why the San Francisco 49ers will beat the Seattle Seahawks tonight on Thursday Night Football. And then we will give you a preview of the Battle of I-10 between Louisiana and McNeese as they take they go head to head inside the Legacy Center on the campus of McNeese University in Lake Charles. Poll question of the day is up on Facebook and Twitter. It was announced earlier today that Drew Brees would be a interim assistant coach for the Boilermakers in the Citrus Bowl in a couple weeks against LSU. So, what are your thoughts on Drew Brees joining Purdue staff for the Citrus Bowl? Good for him, a smart move by them, he's a traitor, or other. So far, 16.7% say good for him, 50% say smart move by him, and 33% say that he's a traitor. Ralph Bergeron, well, hopefully this will spark a desire to get into coaching and he ends up as the Saints' O.C., but as an LSU fan makes my blood boil er makers mark should help. Look, I get that you know he's been supporting LSU in his time in Louisiana and all and that's great. Drew graduated from Purdue. You cannot blame the guy for saying yes to going help Coach His Alma Mater. How dare you go back to your old school? The school you brought to football prominence? How dare you? For shame. Shame on your house. Their athletic performance center is literally named after him.
2: Come on. That, that's a little much. So I was wrong about... I don't... He's got a Louisiana tattoo on his forearm.
1: Mm. mm. Because I cared.
2: I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Thanks, James. You're welcome.
1: All right. So... Looking at some look, look, looking at the Thursday night football game between the the Niners and and the Seahawks, and we're going to get into it later in the show. But I just want to, you know, kind of spend a minute just, just kind of looking at this game because preseason, you looked at this matchup and you said, "Well, the, the if the Niners are anywhere near what they were last year." You're going to blow them out the water. Eh, not so fast. Because now the Niners are without Trey Lance. They're without Jimmy Garoppolo. Playing rookie Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. Against a Seattle Seahawks team that is much better than anyone anticipated. And it's crazy to say that considering they're 7-6. and six. But James can tell you we were calling for like two, maybe three wins.
2: I was looking more towards one. So they have <laughs> du-
1: they have doubled and then some. Their projected win total from crunch time.
2: They gave me one of these. So yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they gave sure one did.
1: Of those. Um. So congratulations to to the Seahawks. You, you've already done better than planned.
2: Chad uh, just called and said that he said it kind of feels like this is the year of celebrities. Uh, Prime was already. Uh, coaching before this year, but Correct. you you still count them towards kind of like the celebrity being a coach. Correct, uh, Drew, and then uh, Jeff Saturday with Colts. Oh, El Jefe. Oh, El Jefe. El Jefe Sabado. So, I- I'm I'm glad you brought up El Jefe. I really am. Um, you love yourself some El Jefe. Well,
1: no, I just
2: shout out to the big boys. I heard a debate,
1: and I, I don't remember where I, I heard the the conversation. But he's coached four games. He's gone one and three in those four games. Now, two of those losses were by seven or less. The one anomaly was just getting your face stomped into the ground over and over and over again by the Dallas Cowboys. Has Jeff Saturday really done a bad job? Because he was asked, if you if you go back to his introductory press conference, he said, "Look, after eight games, if I'm bad at this, I'm gonna say God bless you and down. You know,
2: move on." But here's the thing, with that Cowboys game, remember it was close. It was the first three quarters. It was. It's just they gave it's just they gave up thirty three in the final. Right. And so, in the final quarter,
1: Jeff was asked earlier this week, you know, how he he would assess his performance so far and if he planned to interview for the position and he said, if they offer me an interview, I'll interview. So clearly he thinks he's done well enough to become the permanent
2: head coach. James, do you agree? I think you could keep him in contention, uh, but I would still definitely go look and see about other candidates. I get it. It works since he was a longtime center for the Colts, but to me – you keep him in, in the rotation. You interview him. Maybe he's ahead since you know him a lot better than maybe some other guys that would be interviewing for a head coaching job. But still, you definitely do your due diligence.
1: Do the Vikings just absolutely spank them Saturday night or Saturday afternoon?
2: Uh, I feel like it's an afternoon game. It yeah, won't it's be a Sunday afternoon game.
3: No, it's
1: a Saturday S- afternoon. Still,
2: still, a, still an afternoon game nevertheless. The Vikings just lost. I think they still want to keep themselves very high in the seeding. I think that I think they're able to get the dub. I don't think I think it'll be another one of those close games because like we had said, only lost one point to the Eagles. Lost by seven to the Steelers on Monday night football. And they held themselves together for three quarters against the Cowboys before just falling apart. I don't see that type of falling apart again. I think Jeff is able to kind of get them together, especially since there was their bye week last week. So they had an extra week to prepare for this game. So I think this one will be a lot closer. But I still think Minnesota comes out on top.
1: I agree. I agree. I I, I think the Vikings find a way to win this game um, uh, over the Colts. So looking around the world of sports, I, I like to find a story that is really just a head scratcher. Like, like, you just read a sentence of it, and you go,
2: really? So here it is. Okay? The NCAA has selected... Oh, that's always a good start, NCAA.
1: The NCAA has selected Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker as its next president, succeeding Mark Emmert.
2: um oh. Massachusetts? Governor? Interesting. Here here we go. Here here we go. (laughs) Baker, who has
1: served as governor since January of 2015, but will conclude his second term this coming January, will begin his new post on March 1st. He played power forward for Harvard during the 1977-1978 season. So he played one year of college basketball. And outside of that, has no collegiate athletics experience. None. Was never a coach. Never, you know, equipment room. Never worked in an SID department. Nothing. Now, I understand that, you know, last 20, 30 years, there has been a political aspect to the NCAA. And that's normal, because... Everything today has a political aspect to it. But to run the National Collegiate Athletics Association, don't you think you would want to select somebody that has just a smidge of athletic administrative experience? I mean, you would think.
2: I mean, to be fair, uh, Mike Leach wasn't really all that into it. He did play a lot more college athletics than than this guy. But just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a parallel between the two. Kind of, I'm trying to connect them a little and, bit. And, but and I and I see, I see your point because Mike Leach was a lawyer for a good little hot minute. And I'm not gonna knock coaching. However, to 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 be the president of the whole operation, that's that's a whole different story. Yeah, and that's with even less collegiate experience. I
1: understand how hard coaching is and how much experience you need before you can run an SEC program. Like it, it, I totally get it. Not knocking that in any way. When I say this, coaching and running the entire association of all college athletics.
2: Wow instead of running one state he's running 50. wow <laughs> wow
1: there, there's there's a lot of wows to to, to be said uh, about this move um now everybody's happy that just that that Emmert's leaving because everybody's just about tired of him but from from what I have gathered on on, on social media this move is, is not being taken well by public opinion, um, so it'll be interesting to to see what happens here. Uh, who knows? They 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 always say when you when you run something like a business, it, it turns out pretty well in the end. I don't I don't know. We'll see. Uh, just on the surface, let's hire a a sixty six year old governor who doesn't have a lick of collegiate administrative experience to 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 run the whole damn thing. Just just run it all. Uh, okay. Anyways. You got that, bud. Yep. All you. The biggest names in today's music are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama in 2023. That'd be like me being governor, but you know. Hangout Fest returns May 19th to the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, Lil Nas X, Lil Nas X, Lee X, and more. The Game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has VIP passes to Hangout Fest. Enter the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage side pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like none other. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We'll take a timeout here on Crunch Time. And when we return, again, we talked earlier, the New Orleans Saints preparing to take on the Atlanta Falcons. We've got audio from inside Airline Drive right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back Back to more Crunch time Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Back here on Crunch Time 420 on your Thursday, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. The New Orleans Saints sitting at four and nine on the season just ready for it to be over um, they play the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday, which is always fun Falcons hate week uh, doesn't really feel like hate week it, it, it's kind of sad.
2: you maybe feel it at the beginning of the year whenever one team hasn't fallen off the face of the earth so it kind of feels like there's still kind of a rivalry but at yep. the same time majority of the time the Saints have beaten the Falcons.
1: And the so other,
2: it, it really hasn't felt that much of a rivalry because New Orleans has won so much and then so recently,
1: and and now I mean this year, neither team's really playing for anything at this point. I mean know, Atlanta's still kind of in the hunt, but not really. Uh, so it just I don't know it t- takes away a little bit of the feel.
2: But and then, and then you won't have the the top two picks of the NFL draft from twenty fifteen. We won't have that anymore. Because Marcus Mario is Marcus out for the year, yep. and then Jameis Winston
1: uh, just, just doesn't play. <laughs> just, just doesn't Just play. doesn't
2: see the field. Suits up, doesn't play. Um,
1: yes, which is a, a conversation for another time and place. But Pete Warner, returning from his injury, sur- suffered six weeks ago. Uh, he, he spoke to the media, and he was asked, what is their mindset The rest of the way.
2: Our mindset is win each day, and we're going 4-0 from this point on. Whatever happens, happens. Well, that's bold. Sick. (laughs) That's bold. So
1: now what you have done is you have set yourself up for a media firestorm the second you lose a game. Second you lose, you're getting Hounded on social media.
4: Uh,
1: not the smartest PR move, but okay. You know that's fine. Well, uh, everybody,
2: everybody's goal is to go seventeen and zero. And win well, the Super Bowl. of course.
1: But when you're four and nine, I probably wouldn't be saying, "Oh, we're going four zero the rest of the way."
2: What's the plan? Plans to go four and zero the rest of the way, and whatever happens, happens.
1: Okay. Anyways, Pete Warner, uh, he was asked what the plan is for new Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter.
2: There's many different ways you could look at it. We don't necessarily have a great feel for him. No team does, and um, they could possibly do something different with him. So I think I don't think we necessarily look at it as far as advantage. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to how well we're going to execute our job when it comes to Sunday.
1: And on the offensive side of the ball, Andy Dalton was asked, "What were your expectations before the season? They couldn't have been good."
5: When I came here, I was expecting to be a backup, and there it is. uh, You know, I just try to help this team from that point of view and from that uh, that role. Mm -hmm. And you know, obviously, I've gotten an opportunity to play uh, this year and. Playing a lot More of games, and so uh, I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that. Like I was saying earlier, I don't I don't take it for granted. And all I've really known is playing in this league. I feel like every everywhere I've been, I've I've played. Obviously, the the nine years in Cincinnati, I got to play when I was in Dallas. I went into Chicago as a starter, and then got hurt, and then that whole thing uh, you know happened. Where Justin got to play, and then here being the backup to getting the opportunity to play again. So um I've been fortunate that I've been able to play everywhere I've been.
2: You know what I've noticed? When he when he brought that up the first time when I was listening to it, cutting up the audio. I'm like, Andy Dalton's a curse. He curses each franchise. He's
1: just a winner, isn't he? Uh,
2: he
1: he plays everywhere he goes. He's just a winner.
2: The guy just He's a player. You can't keep <laughs> him off the field, Andy Dalton. God. It's, but, you, know, but like, you, 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 you get what I'm saying? You want to know something? Justin Fields gets injured? Dak Prescott gets injured. Oh yeah, every quarterback. Jameis Winston gets injured. Injured. I'm like, get this man off the team. Look, 10 years ago,
1: I'd have given every dollar in the Saints bank account for Andy Dalton to be the quarterback.
2: Would have. In like 2015?
1: His time in Cincinnati, I would have paid every single penny he wanted for him to be the quarterback. I would have. The guy was fantastic. And he didn't have great receivers around him other than A.J. Green. He had, he had one target. That's it. And so again, like I said, seven, year, seven eight years ago, I'd have paid top dollar for Andy Dalton. Now, I think I'd pay him to leave. I think I would pay him to leave. I would buy out his contract and, and pull the Ed Ocheron. Uh What time you want me to leave or what door you want me to go out of? Yeah. Please. Please go. Go. Go bother somebody else, because you're you're just making me mad right now. Uh,
2: Muhammad Sanu was a solid target for him for a he, hollow minute. He was on the back end of his career.
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, even... He, he had one and a half targets. He, he was okay. Sanu, Sanu wasn't, I mean, a superstar. He, he was okay.
2: No, but he was solid, and I liked what Jeremy Hill did for those like kind of three or four years.
1: Oh, Jeremy Hill! We love Jeremy Hill. We we kind of forget about
2: Jeremy Hill. How could you forget about him? Because he didn't do a whole lot in the NFL. Yeah, did a (laughs) lot at LSU. Didn't do a whole
1: lot in the league. Uh, Andy Dalton was also asked, "How do you keep the mentality in a losing season?" James, before you play it, before you play it, I I what mentality? The mentality of sucking. You're four and nine.
5: Yeah, I mean it's obviously it's hard. At the end of the day, all that matters is winning, and really, it doesn't matter how it gets done. And I mean, you can from a personal level, you could play really bad and you can win, and it, you know, it feels better. There's things that you can improve and things that you go into, but at the end of the day, you won. And On the opposite side of that, you can play really well and lose, and it feels like you're not doing enough feels like you um, you know you're there's still a lot out there that you can do better, even though personally you may be playing well so I mean there's all different aspects that go into it so I mean it is hard to uh, be where we're at and know that we've missed some opportunities to, to keep winning. But at the end of the day, we still have four games left to play. You still have to go out there and play the game. And, you know, you got to make the most of, of every opportunity that you get.
2: So,
1: you have to make the most of every opportunity you get. Well, Andy, why haven't you? Why haven't you made the most of this opportunity? You, you could have been good enough to be the starter if you wanted to be but you've done just enough to stay on the field just enough and and then the other thing is i'm 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 convinced that Dennis Allen just doesn't like James Winston. like there there there's some personal beef there because how I, I you can't explain why he doesn't see the field Dennis Allen just doesn't like him that's and then the 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 other thing that Andy Dalton was asked was why hasn't Kamara been productive or been involved as much?
5: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say there's one reason why that hasn't happened. Um, you know, I think there's some stuff where we could probably get him the ball a little bit more uh, at times, and you know, I think some of those situations where he was getting a lot, it's just check downs and different things, and where. You know, I feel like we've had opportunities to get the ball to to other guys. And so, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say there's one reason why I mean, it, he hasn't been getting the ball.
1: There isn't one reason why Alvin Kamara hasn't gotten the ball. Play calling much? That's
2: why he was saying there's not just one reason. There's multiple reasons.
1: Well, the biggest
2: one is play calling.
1: Ding, 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 ding.
2: We have a winner. Andy also really likes throwing to Juwan.
1: He really likes throwing to his tight ends.
2: And I don't blame it because I really like Juwan. mm, mm, This man hates Juwan. I like
1: Juwan's potential. Juwan right now, not a huge fan. Wow. He's okay. He's okay. He said, I don't love
2: you until you're a superstar. I'm
1: not saying that. I like the guy. I wouldn't be throwing it to him as much as Andy does. Andy likes to panic and dump it to the checkdown real quick. You don't look we, we don't run screen you don't run screen plays. You you don't get your elusive skill players open out in the flat. You you don't
2: you run them between the tackles.
1: <laughs> you 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 don't you, you, your tackles don't pass protect. Your your receivers run three yard slant routes, every single one of them. I, I just the the play calling the play calling has been atrocious all season long. And I, I, you know the the three yard slant route thing that's obviously an exaggeration, but you know you run the same vanilla offense over and over and over again, and and you never you struggle to put the ball in the hands of the guys that need the ball the most. So, you know, it's just it's one of those things where the play calling isn't matching the personnel. So, it's just, you know, one of those things. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with tickets to a special sneak peek of the new Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody. That's right, see before anyone else by simply texting Whitney to 68683. That's Whitney to 68683 to score a pair of tickets for a special sneak peek December 20th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. The I Want to Dance with Somebody sneak preview brought to you by A. Brian's Jewelers and the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll take a timeout, and when we return, Gina Kelly of the Falcaholic joins us here on Crunch Time to go behind enemy lines into the Atlanta Falcons right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside The receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up. at the goner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Your poll question of the day. What are your thoughts on Drew Brees joining Purdue's staff for the Citrus Bowl? So far, 50% of you say it's a good move for him. 30% say it's a good move by Purdue. 20% call him a traitor. Interesting, Tan says he's literally an alumnus of Purdue. How could he be a traitor? Hopefully, he does well. Saints pay attention and bring him in next season as an OC. God, could you imagine Drew Brees as the Saints OC?
2: I'm gonna get to uh, a little story a little later, but that's interesting. It's about it's about Drew Brees being a coach.
1: Let's go behind enemy lines with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, you know that that's always. Always a fun game when when the Falcons come to the to the Caesar Superdome. Gina Kelly of uh, the Falcoholic with SB Nation joins us on the hotline. Gina, good afternoon. Thanks for taking the time. How are you?
4: I'm doing great thanks. Thanks so much for having me.
1: So you know looking at the Falcons five and eight on the season, they they've gone through their fair share of troubles just like the Saints in terms of the injury bug and, and everything else. Just kind of walk our listeners through the Falcon season so far.
4: Well, um, obviously, you know, things got shaken up quite a bit last off season when the Falcons, along with the Saints and the Panthers and the Browns, attempted to trade for Deshaun Watson. That led to longtime starting quarterback Matt Ryan being shipped off to the Colts for a third-round pick. Um, and so they've been starting Marcus Mariota this season. Uh, Mariota has been the same player for his entire eight year career. I don't know if the Falcons were expecting something different, but what they got was, you know, Marcus Mariota, the player. And, um, obviously he's been benched now and Desmond Rudder will be starting this week, which is. A big change, and so it, it's pretty easy to look back at the Falcons season and say, you know, the run game's been very good. The passing game has been a weakness. Um, defense is kind of up and down, which is kind of par for the course for the Falcons. But um, it's a little bit harder to know what to expect going into this week with Ritter now um, established as the starter.
1: You know, you talked about the run game and, and how good it's been. The, the leader of that has kind of been Cordero Patterson <laughs> on the mm-hmm. year – from the run game and even in special teams, making an impact in special teams as well. Uh, you know, he, he's really been the difference maker for the Falcons so far.
4: Yeah, he really has. And I got to say, especially as somebody who's, you know, I'm not really a spring chicken myself, it's been really fun to see him experience this career resurgence at his age and at this point of his career.
1: Now, you, uh, another thing you hit on is the fact that the offense is getting turned over to the rookie Desmond Ritter. Uh, Third round pick out of Cincinnati led the Bearcats to the college football playoff last year. He said 13 games to kind of, you know, learn the playbook, watch how it's done in game, things like that. What is the expectation among the fan base uh, about what Ritter's going to be able to do in these last four games and beyond?
4: It varies widely. I think that, you know, there's a segment of the fan base who's like, Ritter should have been starting from week one, and they expect him to come out and just be, you know, phenomenal from jump. Um, you know, it's possible that Falcons fans are a wee bit spoiled from many years of Matt Ryan, who, of course, started his pro career with a 62 yard, I think, touchdown uh, completion to Michael Jenkins. Uh, I don't, ex- I, I think that the rest of us have more balanced expectations. Obviously, you know, it takes time for rookie quarterbacks to develop the learning curve from. College to the NFL is is very, very steep. And so it'll be interesting to see how he performs. Um, Going to New Orleans and starting your pro career in that environment sounds like the worst-case scenario to me. I was kind of hoping that they would trot him out as the starter against the Steelers so that he could – be kind of in a friendly environment, although I think that there were more Steelers fans in Atlanta that day than Falcons fans. But, um, yeah, so I'm a little bit concerned for him going on the road to the Caesar Superdome. It's not going to be a friendly environment, and it's going to be kind of trial by fire. So it will be interesting to see how it
6: goes.
1: Yeah, it definitely doesn't set up for, for a great story with how uh, raucous the uh, the Saints faithful can get. But, you know, lo- looking at the the Falcons' offense, you, you, we talked about Cordero Patterson. They have a ton of talent and a ton of young talent at that with guys like Tyler Algier, Drake London, and, and a couple others. Just kind of talk about the, the young talent and, and kind of an offensive rebuild that Atlanta's gone through the last couple of years.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited with the pieces that they have to work around here. Um, like you said, we have seen some really good things out of Algier. I think that he has real potential. He's been a really fundamentally important part of that rushing attack, especially during the time that Patterson missed with an injury. Um, London, I think, has really, when when he's had the opportunities, you know, Mariota's is not the most accurate passer, but when he's had the opportunities, I think that he's flashed that first-round potential, and so I'm really excited. Just from practice this week, we've seen a few videos. It looks like his timing with Ritter and their chemistry is pretty solid. So, um, you know, again, my expectations are really tempered for this weekend, but I think in the long term that's going to be a really productive partnership. And then Kyle Pitts, who's currently injured, but, you know, he is such a special talent. Uh, You know, going forward, I think that they've got – the young pieces in place, and it's going to make the – the rebuild is necessary, but having these guys already in the building is going to make the rebuild easier.
1: Chatting with Gina Kelly from SB Nation. You know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head just now. Looking ahead to, to next year and even further beyond for the future, Desmond Ritter, Tyler Algier, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, You also you're also going to get Calvin Ridley back. You know, no.
4: He was traded to the Jaguars. He
1: was traded to the Jaguars. That's right. Yeah, that's right.
4: Yeah. There's so much. This was the craziest trade deadline.
1: <laughs> I totally forget a couple that of those. But so okay, even take even take Calvin Ridley off the list. You know, still tons of young, fantastic offensive talent for for Arthur Smith to work with for the long term.
4: Yes. And it is really exciting, um, because no matter what, you know, when, when you have a quarterback like Matt Ryan, obviously they're going to eat up a lot of cap space and. So, and New Orleans fans are obviously very familiar with very familiar with being up against the cap, um, but Atlanta was definitely in that situation after Thomas and was fired. And it's been really interesting to see how well Terry Fontenot, of course, a, a former Saints front office member, has done coming into Atlanta and kind of cleaning up that mess. So not only have they been able to kind of restock that young talent, but also they've got cap space to work with to fill in some blanks with some veteran pieces next year. And so I think that... You know, really, and the, the whole division is a mess this year. Um, I think that it's really anyone's it's anyone's division at this point. I mean, who knows? The Saints won this weekend. They could still win out and, you know, and win the division. Um, so I don't have, you know, high hopes for the Falcons this year. But I think that they're going to be in a position to compete again in 2023 and beyond. And, and that's sooner than I would have expected at the time that Thomas Mitrov was fired.
1: Isn't it crazy to think that just a couple years ago we were talking about the NFC South being one of the top divisions in football and now it is the worst?
4: Yes. I mean, it's just completely in shambles. It's it's The quarterback situation for every single team is a mess. Uh, I guess the Bucs are in the best position right now, but Tom Brady has looked like a shell of his former self. Um, Obviously, you know, the Saints have a lot of questions to answer, particularly on offense, and the Panthers are, you know, the – Panthers or the Panthers and the Falcons are a mess. So it's been a very interesting season.
1: Looking ahead to Sunday, you know, obviously this is going to be the second time that the Falcons and the Saints meet this year. The first one the Saints had to come back from 16 down to to get the late win. What do you like in this matchup for the Falcons and what areas do they match up well against the Saints?
4: Well, I mean... The Saints have, um, it's just a down year for them. I think that there are weaknesses on both sides of the ball. That said, you know, you still do have a lot of talent. Um, I I think that the secondary in particular could be a real strength against a rookie who's, again, going into a hostile environment for his first NFL start. Um, You know, the run game for the Falcons, I think really if they're going to win this one, That's what they're going to have to rely on, and the defense is going to have to play more consistently than they've been able to for much of the season if they want to pull off a win.
1: And then, you know, vice versa, what do the Saints do well that kind of worries you for the Falcons?
4: Um, You know, they've always been good about getting after Falcons quarterbacks, and so I, I expect that to be no different this week um and i don't know it's just something about when these teams play each other it doesn't seem to matter if the teams are good or bad these games are always a crapshoot you you never can really project how it's going to go yeah i give the saints the advantage in this one just because it's at home but having watched both of these teams all season it really could go either way
1: what are the keys to victory for atlanta to, to take down new orleans on sunday
4: Don't make mistakes. Um, Don't make mistakes. Keep keep Desmond Rutter upright and give him the best possible chance to succeed, which hasn't necessarily been a strong point for the Falcons' offensive line in recent memory. Um, And then, you know, get after the quarterback. Uh, They're going to have to do that. And, again, that's not something that they're generally able to do consistently outside of a couple of players, particularly Grady Jarrett. So, yeah, my I think I picked against the Falcons every single week this year, and maybe you can tell why. Are, are, <laughs> my answer are you, is are,
1: are you picking against them again this week?
4: Yes, I did. I did pick. I did pick the Saints to win this one. It's hard for me to pick the Falcons over the Saints when they're playing in New Orleans. Really, that, that's. Fair. I mean, it's happened in the past, but it's just unusual.
1: That's fair because I never picked the Saints in Atlanta, so. <laughs> that's that's fitting, Gina Kelly yep. of the Falcoholic joining us on the Game Hotline. Gina, really appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy enjoy the game. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. You too. And there she goes, Gina Kelly of the Falcoholic. You know, reading reading on Twitter, gotta give gotta give a birthday shout out to to my guy Ralph Bergeron. It's Ralph's birthday, James. He turns the young sixty-three today. So shout out shout out to Ralph. Happy birthday, Ralph. We we appreciate you, buddy. Um I I don't envy you driving to Alexandria, though. But uh you know, anyways, happy birthday. We'll take a timeout wrap up hour number one right after this here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just watch the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on The Game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Welcome back to Crunch Time, 4.52 right now on the clock. I do want to remind you that here at The Game, we want to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armentor Jewelers. Simply enter into The Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. Easy. It's the it's the Christmas comes early sweepstakes powered by Armator Jewelers and the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station talking about the poll question today. Thoughts on Drew Brees joining Purdue staff for the Citrus Ball as they take on LSU soon coming up. Looking at the results so far, half of the votes are going towards good for him. Good for Drew Brees. Almost 36% is going to. Smart move by Purdue, the Boilermakers. And then the last 14% are saying, Traitor? Ton comes in and says, He's literally an alumnus of Purdue. Thank you, Ton. The voice of reason. How could he be a traitor? Hopefully he does well. Saints, pay attention. Bring him in next season as an OC. And then you had gotten to Brian saying, Traitor, he went there. Uh, And then we had a couple of Facebook comments. David Aukman, getting experience to come coach the Saints. Look, I love that idea. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Nope. I love the idea because I remember as a kid, another friend of mine, uh, he had moved uh, quite a few years back. Man, he's been gone like seven years. I remember we used to kind of play football in each other's front yards, and we would pretend that we were both on the Saints and that – um Drew Brees was the offensive coordinator, so man, that would that would just work out. I was like, we imagined it would happen, and then it, it, it ended up coming true. I'd be okay with Drew being OC. That's what we're saying, OC. I don't want him to be head coach. He to me, he doesn't need to worry about the defense.
1: No, I don't. I don't want him to be head coach.
2: I'd want him to be OC, or at least, an, or like the quarterbacks coach, like how Zach Streep is handling the offensive tackles, yep. or like the offensive line as an assistant coach. But I, I I always thought that would be a great idea and to see that this could possibly be something that could happen, that'd be awesome. The only thing that I wonder about it is though, with all the with all of Drew's sponsorships, with him being at like Smoothie King, with him being doing Surge, we have one of the buildings here in Lafayette. You got he what, does he still do Tide? Uh he does walk ons. He's he's definitely still with walk ons for sure.
1: I think he's still with Waiter.
2: Like he's got a bunch of different businesses he's with. It's like I wonder if him being a coach for the Saints or a coach for anybody, like kind of like full full time, like he's an official member of the staff all year long, not just for the bowl game. Would that interfere with his contracts?
1: It's interesting because
2: because imagine him being in a meeting, kind of being and them looking at film, and then all of a sudden Drew's phone rings, bling bling, and it's Smoothie King being like, hey, yeah, we got to talk. So it's like, hey, pause pause the tape. I got to dip. I got to take a call. It's fair.
1: Um I mean, coaches have endorsement deals all the time. Maybe not as many as Drew I was going to say,
2: but it's not like how it is with Drew, who's so, been with them for years before he even got out of league and got out of coaching. So I wonder if like they would have to make an adjustment on his contracts on like hey uh like you got to do maybe this amount of deals or like you got to show up to this many events in person like how we did with uh with the saints and him going to uh Mm walk-ons here in lafayette i remember going over there to try and win some of those uh saints tickets
1: yep he uh or or less commercials he's popped in at walk-ons in lafayette on on several occasions uh cody broussard said he's helping his alma mater out while they are in need definitely a short-term service on his part uh brian poche says good move by purdue and then Bob Gates says, good for him. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's a good move for Drew. I don't think it's a permanent thing. Um, I, I think he's going to help out his school during the bowl game, and then he's going to go right back to doing what he does on a daily basis. I don't know that Drew has a want to get into coaching.
2: School spirit, baby. Yeah.
1: And who knows? Maybe over the next month he develops a, a, a want to coach.
2: Maybe he's like, I love –
6: Coaching
1: I love up the recruiting. I love recruiting.
2: I love going on trips. That that was another thing I had brought up with you earlier. Uh, being like, just imagine he's in the middle of being in like, yep, Wichita, and being like, oh, hold on, uh, Tide's calling. They yeah, want to do a commercial real quick.
1: It, it, it's Smoothie King. Um, I, I got a dip. I I can't recruit you. Sorry,
2: wife's I'm, calling. Oof. <laughs> Anyways, oh no, Brittany. What do you need now?
1: Hour number one in the books. Hour number two. We're going to preview Thursday night football and have a conversation with Brian Peacock of Peacock & Williamson right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Hour number two on a Thursday. You're listening to Crunch Time on the Game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, give us a call on the hotline 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS. Fiber, in our number one, we talked about why the Falcons are bad, or and how they could just as easily be the New Orleans Saints. What a what a what a game that's going to be Sunday afternoon. Uh, and I cover it. Woo-hoo-hoo! Good Yay! for you, James. Bravo. No one cares. Oh, um,
2: what a Debbie Downer. I
1: okay. We talked about the. Matchup between the Seahawks and the Niners, which is, again, an interesting football game. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about that with Brian Peacock coming up in about half an hour. Uh, Some top stories to look at. We also talked about the NCAA making another poor decision. Shocker. They make those a lot. It's interesting. Uh, Stephen Curry scheduled to miss, quote, a few weeks uh, after, a, uh, after a shoulder injury that he suffered. It is a left shoulder injury. They He suffered it Wednesday night against the Pacers, uh, and they will not provide a timeline for his return. Let's go to the hotline now. Frank, what's up?
7: Uh, not a lot. How you are, Bob?
1: I'm fantastic, sir. What you got?
7: Uh, well, uh, first question, because uh, I-, I talked to James. Uh, and uh, he got to listen to me vomit. Uh, so, next question: uh, Why on earth would she bet against the Falcons? Be-
1: because they're coming to New Orleans, and it's a tough place to play.
7: Okay, 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 okay. I'm thinking about it. Let me let me steer through the minutia.
2: It's just the thing. The uh, thing, thing is the with the home games,
7: they haven't been doing good in in the while. Andy Dalton. Uh, at quarterback, um, why would you bet against uh, the Falcons?
1: Because the Falcons quarterback is making his first career start.
7: <laughs> but Dennis Allen is still starting Andy Dalton, who uh, couldn't find um, his butt with a map and um, two flashlights and other friends to help. So why would you bet against the Falcons?
1: I mean, not. Uh, I mean, I'm picking the Falcons to win the game, but I mean.
7: I'm I'm not, I'm I'm, seriously, I'm not taking the Falcons to win the game. I'm not going to watch, but uh, uh, I'm just, it's one of those things. It's like, why would you bet against the team you're representing against the Saints, especially this year and this coaching staff? It's. Wow, that does are the Falcons that bad, or have I just not paid that much attention?
1: I mean, they're only one win better than the Saints.
7: Give yeah, it. Who's worse than the Saints?
1: I mean, right now, nobody. Well, except no one. Well, in the division, nobody. In the league, I mean, there's a couple teams.
2: There's a few already eliminated, like the no, Texans I mean, the, and the, the Bears. The, the, the,
1: <laughs> Sa- the Saints have the fifth pick as the stands now, so I mean that would mean four teams are worse than them.
7: Okay, well then go back to my cre- previous question: Wh- whose coaching staff is worse than the Saints?
1: Oh, that's their gr- coaching. That's staff a great is horrible. point. Horrible. That's a great point. I mean, that is. I mean, I'm if I'm Mickey Loomis, I'm firing everyone.
7: Yeah, I'm. I'm like
1: the dad. The grandma. I might. I might um, keep. I might keep Chris Rashard. Everyone else is fired.
7: I would. I would. I would clean house on everything. Um. The, the, the there, there's nothing there. Um. You had made mention of it earlier. Uh. The Saints don't throw screen passes. This is the same offensive line that Sean Payton picked up. And no screen passes. I I don't understand. These are huge guys that are supposed to be able to move huge guys. Mm -hmm. If you want to stop a defensive line from moving into your quarterback, screen pass, screen Mm -hmm. pass. Mm -hmm. Alvin Kamara runs a four, oh, my God, 40. So just use a screen pass. Everything runs off of that. That's how the Saints got to the Super Bowl with Pierre Thomas. I just don't understand what Dennis Allen is thinking right now.
1: He's not thinking, and that's that. That in, entails the problem.
7: Well, then, well, okay. Well, then, what does the offensive coordinator thinking? It's to uh-huh. Let me stick my head in my butt and just run the rest of the game with my head in the sand. I, I don't get it. The NFC South is. A horrible division. They should be able to win at least half the games that they play against the NFC South, but it's just not working. So if something's not working, it's time to make a change.
1: I I agree. I've, I mean, I've been calling for Dennis Allen's head for six weeks now. I I totally agree with you.
7: So what needs to happen? I mean, is, is there an interim that can take over? Because I mean, I, there, there's I, no I, point. I there, there's no point now. You know,
1: there, there's no I'm, point now. There's four games left.
7: Well, you got Pete Warner coming out and saying, oh, we're going to go 4-0. Well, dude, when the rubber meets the road, you better do it because Saints fans are greedy. All Saints fans are greedy. We went through the NOLA no-call. We, we've we been through egregious crap in the past. I mean, the Stuff has got to stop, and, and losing doesn't solve anything. I just don't – I don't understand where this team is going from here. Starting the same quarterback over and over and over again, you might as well start Taysom Hill and and see what he can do.
1: Yep. No, I, I Frank, I, I agree with you 100%, man, but I got to run. I really appreciate the call. Thank you, Bo. Yeah, I mean – I'm saying saying you're going to go 4-0 and is, is
2: lofty. It's very lofty. Especially when you got the Eagles coming up. And you still got two division games.
1: And you still got Deshaun Watson.
2: Yikes. Jury's still out if he'll be able to play well this season. But well, mm-hmm. uh, the defense is still pretty good over there, and you still got to worry still, about Nick Chubb. Still Deshaun. Take a timeout. We'll bring
1: you more crunch time right after this here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: If you were looking for great stocking stuffers for the holiday season, look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen also at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. 14 after the hour, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Going back to it, you know, recapping, resetting on some of the headlines of the day. The NCAA has announced a a new president, um, Charlie Baker. Who is currently serving as the governor of Massachusetts, and his only college athletics experience is he played one year for Harvard in the 70s. Interesting, but again, what do I know? If it works out, it works out. Good, good, good for the NCAA, I, I, I suppose. Yesterday, Michael Desermo met with the media as they began preparation for the Independence Bowl against Houston next Friday in Shreveport. Uh, that's it's gonna be a cold one, like 41 at kickoff. Chilly, 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 up in the port. But Desermo said yesterday, you know, t- talked about Jamal Bell uh, returning from a multitude of injuries throughout his career, and obviously the the big question was players like Andre Jones and Michael Jefferson opting out of the bowl game. Uh Moe said it very clearly. The guys that are here will play.
3: I mean, you always miss, you know, players like that. But, um, you know, I mean, you can focus on those things or you can focus on the ones you got and get them ready to go play and get ready for their opportunity. And, you know, uh, you know, Andre's another one made the decision that he was going to move on and that's, that's, you know, that's the decision he wanted to make. Uh, I'm excited about the guys that get to go play. Um, you know they've they've worked their tails off all year and, and played behind him and played the supporting cast and and they get to go out there the last game of this year and go be the star of the show. So I'm a you know I'm excited about the, the opportunity for those guys and you know the, the guys that that want to play in this game we're, we're going whoever it is however many it is we're going to get them ready to go and we're fortunate most of them they 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 want to get on that bus and go do it. Um, but the ones that, that have decided that it was time to move on. I mean, I, I wish them nothing but the best, but we can't be concerned about who won't be there. It's got to be about who will be there, and that's what our focus has been. That's what it will be, um, and you're going to get to see some guys that will go out there and, and hopefully go take advantage of the opportunity to have.
1: Michael Desermo also was asked, you know, you, you replace a guy like Michael Jefferson and John Stevens Jr. will, will play as well. But who's gonna step up at that receiver position?
3: Well, certainly. I mean, all those guys that have played will, um, you know, the the you know John, Pete, um, you know Errol, uh, Jake Bernard, those guys that have been in the rotation the whole time. They need to step up a little bit and play, you know, play their best game. Um, and then you know you add a guy like Lance to the mix that, you know. Has played more and more as the years go to, going on, but now it's kind of his time to get to go out there and go do it. And I think last week, you know, you kind of saw the progress the guys made over the course of the year. Where last year, even last, I'm sorry, a couple, the last game we played, um, early in the game, he was a big part of the game plan and what we're doing. So, you know, those guys that the usual suspects need to do it, um, and I would say that Lance is probably the one that's burst on the scene a little bit more lately. Um, you know potentially a guy like Jamal Bell who who's been here who's played in games and made big plays in games for us um, could get a little bit more but a lot of the guys that, that have been here you know you don't you don't really go like one for one sometimes when you have a guy like MJ the impact he's made on our team kind of get everybody to step up a little bit and that includes the tight ends you know in the past game that inc- you know you just got to kind of spread it out a little bit and, and um, the guys just got to go play and make plays that we know they're capable of they don't need to do No one needs to go be Michael Jefferson. They just need to go play their game, and go make the plays they're supposed to make. But, I I mean, I I expect that group to step up and go play well.
1: And then transitioning to the hardwood for the Cajuns, Gary Broadhead met with the media yesterday as well as head coach Bob Marlin. And uh, Coach Broadhead gave his thoughts on the loss to
4: Auburn. Uh, Yeah, I think it was just a natural situation coming out of finals. I didn't think we played as well. Um, I thought the first half against Auburn we did a fair job defensively uh, offensively. We just sh- kind of struggled scoring and then uh, third quarter was probably one of our worst quarters since uh, in eleven years we I think we shot one for thirteen and I mean they had something to do with it. they were denying the ball and, and and making it tough for us to get into our offense but uh, yeah, it was just a, one of those games where you know you kind of figure you 're getting out of uh, finals and you're not sure how you're going to play. And in the lack of, I mean, not having a Sherry Porta as the other point guard, we we kind of struggled getting into what we needed to do and, and all that. So hopefully we can kind of recover this week uh, in practice and, and go to Lamar and then kind of finish up at L S U A before we start conference.
1: Looking at some news from the Houston Astros, they announced that all members of the coaching staff are returning for the 2023 season. There were some some rumors that Joe Espada, the the bench coach, would take a managerial position somewhere. Uh, But it has been announced that he will return to Houston along with every other member of that World Series coaching staff. So that is huge news for the world champions as they look to defend yet another world championship, their second in franchise history. LSU News: Javian Tavano, a five-star Under Armour All-American cornerback out of Arlington, Texas, has committed to LSU football. Now we, we talked to Wilson earlier this week, James. This was a position that LSU needed to address, and I mean, th- this seems like a pretty good start. Going, go and get a five-star recruit in, in a guy like Javian Tavano.
2: It's always a good sign to be able to kind of replenish a certain room, certain position group. Whenever you're able to kind of get a five star,
1: yeah, no, no question about it. Currently, uh, according to On Three Sports, LSU sitting with the number five recruiting class in college football. Um, but but remember what what people said when when Brian Kelly got here, he wouldn't be able to recruit to the area. I'm sorry, they're 6th. Still pretty good. But you know it's you know it's insane just to talk about how good the SEC is and we 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 have stats to back this up time and time again. They're 6th nationally, right? But they're the third best class in the SEC. So 3 of the top 6 are SEC classes. That is insane. Uh Zalance Hurd is going to do a lot on the offensive line along with his former high school teammate, Will Campbell, Shelton Sampson, and Jalen Brown at the receiver position. You already had Dalen Austin and now you go get Javion Tavano. Uh, Deshaun Womack is the edge rusher. Kylan Jackson in the secondary. Ricky Collins at quarterback. I mean, this is a class, Trey Holley, who who kind of flies under the radar, but let's not forget that he just broke the record for... All time rushing yards for the LHSAA. Most rushing yards in a career in the state of Louisiana. So he he can definitely pack a punch and, and provide a an extra level of of juice for the LSU Tigers, who, you know, you're you're probably gonna move on from Noah Kane here in the next year or so. John Emery is running out of eligibility as well. And then Josh Williams is a, is a sophomore. Um, so you're you're going to need to fill that, that backfield beyond you know those guys going forward for the future. So definitely a great first recruiting class for Brian Kelly, and I would venture to bet that most of them sign next week in a in early signing period. But uh, we'll talk about that a little later on next early next week. We'll take a timeout here, Brian Peacock. The Locked On NFL Podcast and the Pre- and the Peacock and Williamson Show will join us next. We'll talk about tonight's Thursday night matchup between the Seahawks and Niners, and we'll preview not one, not two, but three Saturday games in the NFL right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros.
0: A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work.
7: Well, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting
0: meeting today to discuss. Take that! productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Welcome back to Crunch Time 528 right now. And we got Brian Peacock on the hotline. But before we get to him, I want to tell you about how you can start NFL Week 15 off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance. At a bigger payday, a quick parlay that I could whip whip up for you is a Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown a DK Metcalf anytime touchdown and the Seahawks money line build your own or choose from one of our popular same game parlays pre-built for you from Fandle's top rated sportsbook app however you want to play you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no sweat same game parlay just sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account but if you're already with FanDuel, you're all set just sign in and see what you've got Make every moment more of the FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Three plus leg, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is non withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet is $5. Restrictions apply to terms at sportsbook.fanDuel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 877 770 STOP.
1: You were a trooper through that one, James. Oh, dude. <laughs> good, good, good for you, bud. Go, go take a sip of water. It's okay. Brian, Brian Peacock of Peacock and Williamson joining us on the hotline. Brian, what's going on, man? How are you?
8: I'm doing fantastic. I'm actually uh, trying to get my son to take a photo with Santa. Uh, he's not enjoying that too much, so I don't know if we're going to get that done before game time. So we might have to give up on this one. I might take an, an L there. Hopefully the 49ers can, can get a W for me on the back end of this.
1: Yeah, no no doubt about it. Kid, kid doesn't want to take a picture with Santa. I've been there before. Um, so, you know, let's talk about that big NFC West matchup. The Seahawks starting to get a little bit healthier. The Niners are, are going to the practice squad to elevate guys like Willie Sneed and Janoris Jenkins. Uh, you know, what can we expect from this matchup tonight?
8: Man, uh, you never know what to expect. A, when the 49ers and the Seahawks play – be any time you have a Thursday night game on a, on a short week. So, man, I, I really think the 49ers are playing about as good a football as uh, any team in the NFL right now. And Brock Purdy has been just unbelievable. It's remarkable how few mistakes this guy's making for a rookie. We haven't seen a lot of those rookie mistakes. Um, but on a short week, he's banged up, dealing with an oblique. He's going to play, even though he was questionable this week. I don't even know how much practice he got in. So this, this is one that uh, this could go any direction at all. Uh, I have no idea what to expect. But on paper, the 49ers defense has been the best in the NFL. And um, the, the 49ers on offense have enough playmakers, even with Debo out, to, to score enough points. So I do like the 49ers in this one, but I do hate a banged-up rookie, on-the-road, hostile environment, short week. Uh, I think you can throw the paper out the window probably.
1: And you know, looking at the matchup earlier in the year where the Niners won twenty-seven to seven, obviously the Elijah Mitchell in- injury ha- has put a-, a damper on the Niners' running game. Are there any other injuries to uh, to look out for between these two teams?
8: Yeah, the the big one for the Seahawks is they're getting healthier and they're getting Ken Walker back uh, and their running game hasn't been good without him and they're getting Al Woods back and their run defense has not been good without him so I think that is huge if they're getting both of those guys back and playing tonight which is is what it looks like it's going to be so I mean Al Woods is so important to plug in that middle and I know the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan always wants to run the football uh, with rookie undrafted free agent jp mason uh, tevin coleman still hanging around and he's been on and off the practice squad for the 49ers and then of course christian mccaffrey is going to be a huge part of the game plan even more so now with debo samuel out in this one so he might be the number one receiver and runner in this game for the 49ers offense but if kyle Shanahan's able to run the football against that seattle seahawks defense i'm not sure he's going to go away from it in this one especially with the banged up rookie quarterback
1: niners win tonight
8: I do like the 49ers to win this one. That might be going a little bit with my heart here, but when I saw the line earlier on in the week, and I saw the 49ers favored by three and a half, and you know on the road on a Thursday night with a rookie banged-up quarterback, I thought, man, that's probably a pretty good bet to get three and a half points, and I think a lot of bettors thought the same, and that line has moved a little bit uh, closer to, I think, at least three points now, But uh, and I think that's pretty good. I do like the Niners by a field goal. In this one, they're just playing too good of football right now on both sides of the ball. But the injuries could catch up with them, and they're one playmaker on offense away from from being in a bad situation, or you know, seeing Josh Johnson in their quarterback who just showed up last week if Brock Purdy is out. And it's pretty amazing that we're even talking about a rookie seventh round quarterback as being that integral of a part of a of a playoff team that's trying to clinch the NFC West tonight.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's been a an unreal story to watch unfold. Uh, Three games on Saturday. We'll start with the Colts and Vikings. Vikings need to get back on track with a win, and the Colts, Jeff Saturday, desperately needs a win to to make this project look a little bit better than it has so far. Uh, What do you like about this game?
8: Yeah, this this game is interesting because you know the with, with the record, the ten and three record for the Vikings, they just haven't been playing as well as that record looks, and I, and I think they might lose that two seed to the Forty Nine ers here pretty soon if the Niners can stay healthy and keep playing the kind of ball they're playing in the NFC. But um, that I feel like Jeff Saturday's Colts have played a brand of football that can sort of muddy it up against a team like the the. The Minnesota Vikings, um, the Vikings' defense has not been strong, so they should be able to score enough points to keep this one close. And even last week with the Vikings, their, Kirk Cousins is throwing 350 yards, and and um, Justin Jefferson's got 150 yards receiving, right? And they, and they still win the football game. So I think Dalvin Cook is not looking like the same guy he's been throughout his career. So um, I, I don't know if I can call the upset here on this one, but I do think – uh, as far as paper Tigers in the NFL go, it's starting to look a lot like the Minnesota Vikings are one of those.
1: Chat with Brian Peacock here on Crunch Time. A matchup in the AFC North between the Ravens and the Browns. Baltimore, same stories last year. Injuries starting to pile up. Cleveland's getting Deshaun back. Can Cleveland stay alive in the hunt, or, or do the Ravens top the division once again?
8: I really like the Ravens on defense here. I don't know how many points are going to be scored total in this game. Um Deshaun Watson was really rusty in his first game. Second game back, a little bit better, still very rusty, but you saw a couple throws. And he's like, okay, there's that guy. You kind of can see it in there a little bit. How quickly does that come for him? Is he going to be more like an extended... Because he didn't play last year. Not only was he uh, you know, suspended for all this season until a couple weeks ago. So um, is this is going to be like an extended sp- uh, preseason for him the rest of the way. And then we'll see the the old Deshaun Watson in 2023. Or does he pick up quick and, and start to look a lot better every single week? And um, and he was trending a little bit in the right direction. But I don't like the Browns against that Ravens defense. And they are going to have Huntley back in this one. It looks like no Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. But um, I- I'm looking at, you know, a 13-10 kind of a win here for the Ravens on Saturday.
2: And then looking at the night matchup for Saturday, it's going to be AFC East matchup, uh, Dolphins and Bills. is look kind of impressive. And then on the other side for Buffalo, they've been getting wins. They've been ugly wins, but still been wins, and they're now 10-3. and three.
8: <laughs> Yeah, they, it's funny because both of these teams started out like gangbusters. Um, and, and if you zoom out season-wide, you'd think that there's going to be some big shootout of a football game but uh, starting a couple of weeks ago against the 49ers that dolphins uh, offense had been stymied a little bit and then Brandon Staley um, was kind of just showing more of the same on defense against the dolphins last week with the chargers and and slowing that team down a little bit so you know making to make the 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 more difficult outside the numbers throws those um those big arms sort of hole shot throws and really trying to use your leverage on the defensive side of the ball knowing that they're trying to get those in breaking routes and, and catch-and-run stuff for Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And teams have done a really good job of taking that away. So we'll see if that continues here. Um, and uh, really, the the Buffalo Bills have had a really rough time finding playmakers outside of Stephon Diggs on offense for, uh, for Josh Allen to throw to. So I actually think this will be a sneaky, low-scoring game here. But, you know, bad weather, cold weather, a Miami team going up to Buffalo. I still like the Bills a lot in this one.
2: And then in about 30 seconds... Who do you have winning this matchup?
8: Uh the 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 Bills are the the 49ers game tonight.
2: Uh for the 49ers Dolphins. I mean oh, I mean uh, Bills dolphins 49ers Seahawks. Oh no, Dolphins. No, Bills-Dolphins.
8: Bills-Dolphins. Yeah, Bills dolphins like, Yeah, I like Bills. I like Bills for okay. sure uh, in this one. I think it's going to be a little bit low scoring, but yeah, keep it the Buffalo Bills for sure.
1: And then quickly Saints Falcons who wins on Sunday?
8: Oh, <sighs> Man, this is a tough one for me. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see Desmond Ritter. This is more of a popcorn game for me. You have no idea what to expect in a guy with his first NFL start, but he's played a lot of football in his career. He hits all of Bill Parcell's seven quarterback commandments, you know, a lot of wins, a lot of, um, you know, elevating his college team. So uh, I'm excited to see Desmond Ritter, but it's hard to predict a a rookie quarterback's going to win his first NFL start. And they don't have a ton of uh, players on either side of the ball, really, for the Falcons. So uh, on paper, you have to, like, the
1: Saints, I think. Brian Peacock of Peacock & Williamson joining us. Brian, appreciate you as always. Have a great weekend of NFL football, and uh, we'll talk again soon.
8: Yeah, anytime. Happy holidays.
1: And there he goes, Brian Peacock. We preview Louisiana and McNeese in the Battle of I-10 here on the other side, and we'll wrap it up after that right here on the game. 2037 Lafayette, one oh four one Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Back here on Crunch Time, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. And as a reminder, France will take on Argentina in the World Cup Final on Sunday. And you can watch the thrilling action starting at 9 a.m. on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette free over the air on KLWB. Channel 50.3 and Cox Channel 19. For our Lake Charles listeners, World Cup fans can watch on Telemundo Lake Charles free over the air on Channel 19.2 and Suddenlink Channel 137. Catch the World Cup Final on Delta Media. Wrapping up today's show tonight, the McNeese Cowboys hosting the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns in what's been dubbed the Battle of I-10 in the Legacy Center in Lake Charles. Tip-off is set for seven. And, you know, looking at this game, th- this seems to be a yearly occurrence between the Cajuns and the Cowboys. Uh, the Cajuns coming into this game 9-1 and one on the season, their one loss being... That, that close thriller with Drake a few weeks ago. Uh McNeese coming into this game three and seven on the season. And you know, James, we we always talk about in, in sports, you look at records and you go, Oh, you know, this team's nine and one. This team's three and seven. The nine and one team should win,
2: right? You would think so, but when it comes to this type of old time old school rivalry, you kind of sc- you can, you can throw out the records. You kind of look at the records within the rivalry because you look overall. Louisiana does lead over the Cowboys 62-35 mm-hmm. in the series. And it's interesting when you look at when they play in Lake Charles, McNeese slightly leads yep. 22-21. to
1: Now, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. People tend to forget because of how respectful these two programs have been recently.
2: Mm-hmm. These two schools don't like each other. Correct. Like you still have, especially in basketball, you still have the pettiness because you still have Louisiana calling them still McNeese state, even though McNeese Mm. wants to say McNeese while on the other side, the Cowboys, all their students and fans, they still say ULL or UL Lafayette. So it's like, it's just, it's still pettiness. So there's definitely still a certain hatred towards one another. Yeah.
1: No, no no question about it. And, one one thing that that's interesting to note as well with the Cajuns is this is going to be the beginning of playing eight of their next ten on the road. That is a brutal stretch of basketball for Bob Marlin and company. They will not play in the friendly confines of the Cajun Dome again until January the fifth. Just a br- they're gonna play at Magnese tonight. They've got Texas next week, then they're off for Christmas, and then you open conference play at Coastal Carolina at Old Dominion before you come home to play Southern Miss. So this is going to be a, a stretch that's going to test this group, and you know for for McNeese, this is a great opportunity for John Aiken and his team to you know kind of iron some things out, figure out where they are as a team. You know they they like to shoot the three pointer a lot uh they're only scoring 63 points a game. Uh, so what is what is this team's identity going to be for for the Cowboys in in what's John Aikens it's only his second season. So he's still, you know, working through the process of of putting his stamp on this team. So, you know, what's the identity of the Cowboys?
2: And uh, that's kind of what they're still trying to figure out. What what do they want to do because a lot a lot of these McNeese programs, they're still trying to rebuild From what had happened with the double hurricane, absolutely, they're they're still trying to get through it. I mean, there's a reason why they, John Aiken, right now at McNeese is only 14 and 29. Like he he's still trying to build that program back up. Correct.
1: No 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 doubt about it. Um. However, Bob Marlin does notice that the Cowboys, although they're three and seven, they do a lot of things well.
6: They're athletic. They've got some high major transfers. They they, they've got big guards, uh, and they're more of a perimeter oriented team. Kevin, if they can shoot the basketball, we gotta make sure that they don't use the three point line to their advantage, it. we take advantage of it like we have been. And we've done a good job of the last two games. If you look at Sam for the second half, where they two for 10, and then LC was two for 23. So we're gonna need that kind of performance defensively at the three point line to, to win this game.
1: Jordan Brown has been having just a monster season for Louisiana. 21. Can, Can you, you do, do
2: something he, for me? He He's doing something oh, for you, all oh, right. no doubt. Career high just the other night.
1: 20 points a game, uh, shooting the ball very efficiently, almost 60%. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's interesting to watch him adjust, right? Because, James, this might seem like a rhetorical question. But for anybody that follows this program, the game plan of every team every night is very simple. Double and triple team Jordan Brown. Make somebody else beat you. So you ask Bob Marlin, what's the game plan when McNeese goes to double Jordan Brown?
6: Well, there are different things. We obviously can move Jordan around. He's going to get double and tripled every night, so that's part of our practice every day. We move him to different spots where he can be a, a passer and get some assist. I thought the other night he really did a good job and found control both these games this past weekend and kicked it out and got some assist. Also had a turnover, too. Uh, but... The the game plan is to move the basketball and get them in rotation and then make them pay for it. And if we continue to shoot the ball, then that'll that'll be option number one.
1: He brought up shooting the ball, which which is something that you know we touched on with Jay Walker yesterday. And you look at this team so far through the season, shooting forty percent from deep. That's pretty impressive. Now the the question I have, and I'm not I'm not doubting the talent of this group because it's obviously there. But James 40% as a team is a hell of a three point percentage.
2: It's pretty good. And it's really highlighted by Cantrell Garnett. He's, Absolutely. He's shooting over 50% right now, which, and then you've also got uh, Michael Thomas, who's shooting just slightly under at 47. So right now you do have a couple of people that kind of lowered a little bit, but you're going to have that with every team. I mean, there's always going to be people that shoot threes and, they just don't do it as well as some others, but still, overall, as a team, shooting forty percent—that's really good.
1: Crazy to think that Kentrell Garnett was a walk-on, right?
2: It is crazy. It's crazy to think about.
1: But no, so so the question is—you always find diamonds in the rough. Absolutely, absolutely. The the question is though, you know, forty percent, like we said, is is a great percentage. Can the Cajuns keep that up?
2: I think that's where you see kind of like that come up in these next few road games. Because you're gonna play Texas in yep. the next couple of nights, you're gonna play Coastal Carolina, you're gonna come back for Southern Miss on January 5th, but then you got a couple of other road games, and then you come back on the 12th against Troy, and yep. then you start to really play uh, in conference. So that that's where it really comes up. How, like, are you able to keep that? Is that sustainable? Because if I feel if, like it could be, I think overall by the end of you're you're gonna see it drop to about 38, 37 and a half. Ultimately, by the end of the year. But you're still going to have a pretty good three-point percentage unless you just completely drop off the face of the earth and you can't even throw it in the ocean. But I don't see that.
1: You're going to have to depend a lot on Terrence Lewis to score. Because Terrence Lewis has done a great job this year at at getting rebounds, averaging nine a game. Um, But when Jordan's getting doubled and tripled and the three-pointer goes cold, because that's going to happen. There's going to be nights where it's just not falling in. Those nights, you're going to need Terrence Lewis to stuff the stat sheet and give you, you know, 17 18 points because otherwise you're going to be in trouble. So that that's an interesting thing for for the Cajuns to look at. It, it's been very impressive to to watch the way that Jordan Brown's been playing and the three-point ability that they have had. But the concern is how long is that going to last? So that's definitely something to uh to pay attention to once again Louisiana taking on McNeese at seven o'clock tonight inside the Legacy Center in Lake Charles. Tickets only five dollars to the game. They're really trying to sell out the Legacy Center, and I'm I'm about it. It's a 4,400 seat arena, five dollars a piece. I mean, you could you could probably get 3,500 people in there, and uh, that would be one raucous I- environment. Uh, no no question about it, James. Now, you know, b- before we get out of here, we-, we talked with Brian Peacock last segment about the NFL, and we-, we touched on Thursday Night Football as well between the the Niners and the Seahawks. Now let's kind of have our own conversation uh, about that matchup. Uh, the, Niner- the Niners, you know, 9-4 and four on the season. They're leaning on their third-string quarterback, Brock Purdy, while the Seattle Seahawks, They've they've fallen off the face of the earth just a little bit, but they are still in a much better position than a lot of people predicted them to be in at this point in the season, sitting at seven and six.
2: Yeah, I I think I had them at one, maybe two wins. Yeah, before, I remember you season. were
1: you were bashing the Seahawks at oh, the beginning was, of the year.
2: I I really didn't believe in Geno Smith, and yet he still continues tonight, not, not right back, which is fair. Still having one hell of a season. But I still wonder about with Brock Purdy. Kid's still questionable. I think he'll ultimately end up playing, but I wonder how much does that oh, factor. he's, he's
1: going to play. He's
2: going to play. Like, how much does this injury factor into it? It's a good point. I ultimately still will take the Seahawks in this one because even though 49ers have a better record, Christian McCaffrey, I still think he'll have a touchdown. Seattle is relatively healthy. They still got most of their weapons on offense. Kenneth Walker, I believe, is projected to play tonight. So, ultimately, i look towards the Seahawks to win this game and really keep themselves in it and make it a lot closer to where they could be hosting a playoff game instead of the 49ers.
1: The thing that's that's going to hurt the Niners is that they don't have Debo. That's going to be a huge blow for the Niners. Um Brock Purdy, you know, obviously we're talking about the rib injury that he suffered in in their last game. I, I think he's going to be good to go. Uh, I read earlier today that he is expected to play. Kenneth Walker is expected to play. Um, So I think he takes the field, but you, you bring up a good point. How effective is he going to be able to be? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Because he looked unstoppable against Tampa. Right. I, I think Christian McCaffrey does – I think he has a good game, but the question becomes, is a good game out of McCaffrey and McCaffrey alone enough?
2: enough. And I don't think it is. So Because you still have some good young pieces on Seattle's defense that could slow them down.
1: You got a score prediction?
2: I'll go 23-13 to 13 Seattle.
1: 23 13 Seattle. Okay. Um I'm going to say I, I might I might have it even lower scoring than that. I'm going to say 21 17 San Francisco. I'm going to say 21 17 San Francisco.
2: That's a that's a pretty, pretty spicy take. Brock Brock Purdy makes a play late. Interesting. Okay. Is what a more, hero ball? No. Injured. I no. can I see it. I like it. I, I, could, I could
1: see him making a big play late. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with, 21-17. to 17. It's about going to do it for today's edition of Crunch Time. I want to take this opportunity to thank Gina Kelly for joining us from the Falcoholic as well as Brian Peacock from Locked On NFL and the Peacock and Williamson Show. Uh, talk all things NFL. James, tomorrow is a football Friday. And since it's Football Friday of Falcons hate week we are going to have a legendary conversation tomorrow that uh, we, we want you to be involved in. What is your favorite and least favorite Atlanta Falcons memory? Favorite one? You know, there, there, there's a few. There, there's the Rebirth game. There's you know, you, you could even go indirectly not even involving the Saints and watching the Falcons choke away a Super Bowl. like there, There's a lot of a lot of great, good memories. Um, so we want to hear the best Saints-Falcons memory and then the worst, in, in your opinion, uh, on tomorrow's edition of Crunch Time. We're also going to talk with Jake Crane and do Jake's takes on a football Friday here on Crunch Time. For James Mesh, I am Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them and we will see you tomorrow. Same time, same station, right here on the game. It's 103.7 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and it is your home for the Citrus Bowl-bound LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astros.